Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network. Hello and welcome to January's All In for Citrus podcast. I'm Ernie Neff and I'm sitting with Dr. Michael Rogers, the director for the Citrus Research and Education Center. Michael, to start off, can you go over what will be discussed on this month's program? Uh, sure, and thanks, Ernie. This month I'm going to talk about what's planned in IPA Citrus programs for 2019. And then Dr. Burns, Dean for Research with UF IFAS, will talk about her career and experiences in agriculture as she heads into retirement this month. Following that will be Lori Herner with IFAS Extension. She'll be talking about what extension agents are seeing in the field. Then finally, Dr. Liliana Cano from the Indian River Research and Education Center will go over some new approaches for breeding disease-resistant citrus. What can growers look for from IFAS Citrus programs in the coming year? Well, in IFAS, the HLB research continues to move forward. Um, we have, uh, many of the, the growers are aware of many of the projects that are continuing, uh, that have been going on for several years now. Uh, obviously, those, those projects continue. Uh, we also have new research projects uh, that are being implemented uh, or started this year, and those are based on some findings from, from past work. And, and so as you hear more from IFAS researchers over the course of the year, you'll be hearing more about these continuing and new projects. Uh, the goal of our IPA Citrus programs continues to be to provide growers with the most up-to-date information that they can use to help maintain or increase uh, the production of their groves. And so that's why it's important for growers to stay up-to-date on the latest research results that we're finding. And, that, and again, that's part of the reason that we're doing all of our new communication efforts uh, through the, the new website, the newsletter, and also through this podcast. What specific programs are planned for this year? Well, uh, today I wanted to highlight uh, three of the programs we have, extension programs that are planned for the first part of this year. And the first of those is the Florida Citrus Show that's taking place January 23rd through 24th at the Finn Center in Fort Pierce. And this program uh, is organized by Dr. Johnny Ferrarezzi. Um, he's a horticulturalist at the Indian River Research and Education Center. Uh, he's done a very good job of getting this program put together. And for those who are going to be in attendance, some of the topics include things such as root health, nutrition, uh, post-harvest issues, which is important for the growers, the fresh fruit, grapefruit growers on the East Coast, um, pest and disease session, uh, information on new varieties. Uh, he, Johnny's also put a, a new session together, uh, a little different. It's uh, entitled Outside of the Box Ideas. So um, they've put together a great program, and I hope that growers will take advantage of this and uh, attend the, this program uh, January 23rd and 24th. There's also a new event taking place um, in February uh, that's really targeting um, the post-harvest side of our industry, the processors and the flavor companies. And this is the first annual flavor summit that's being held February 5th and 6th at the Rosen Plaza Hotel in Orlando. And this is being co-organized uh, by Dr. Yu Wong, who's a flavor chemist here at the CREC in Lake Alfred, and also Dr. Stephen Munger from the UF Center for Taste and Smell. And so some of the topics at this particular uh, uh, flavor summit include um, current science and trends in the flavor industry. Uh, it includes things like interactions of citrus genetics with flavor. Uh, there will be talks on consumer preferences, um, opportunities for new product development. Uh, those are just some of the topics that are going to be covered. 
But I really want to encourage folks from the processing and flavor industries to go online and sign up and attend uh, this this new event that's being taking taking place this year. Is I think it'll be a really good opportunity uh, to uh, reach out and get more going in our uh, post harvest side of of things in the citrus industry. Um, lastly, in March, uh, we also have the International Research Conference on Wang Long Bing, the IRC HLB meeting. And this year, this is the sixth meeting um, of, of this group of scientists that comes from around the world to talk about uh, HLB research. Um, this is a research conference, and uh, mainly it's just researchers who attend. The past meetings, the past five meetings have been held in Orlando. They happen every other year. Um, but for the first time this year, the meeting will be taking place in Riverside, California. And many of our researchers from IFAS uh, will be in, in USDA in Florida as well, will be traveling to California um, to present their findings and also hear from other scientists abroad about what's being done on HLB research in other, other parts of the world. And now while this is a scientific meeting, uh, growers generally don't attend. And so in the past, what we've done is we followed up with a grower day uh, to provide a summary of the information that was presented at the meeting, uh, things that would be of value to the growers. So you don't have to sit through a lot of maybe boring, <laughs> I'll use that word, boring scientific information, but get to the meat of it, the take-home, the salient points that growers want to know. And um, so this year we do plan to do the same, have that IRCHLB Grower Day, um, but it's going to be a little different from how we've done things in the past. And it's because we recognize that there's a lot of meetings going on around the state um, that, that weighs on growers' time. You have limited time to get out to and pick and choose which meetings you're going to go to. And so what we're going to be doing is um, Tuesday, April the 2nd, um, our citrus extension agents are again going to be hosting the annual Citrus Grower Institute in Avon Park, which is at the South Florida Community College. And so this year, as part of that meeting, which is already planned, we're going to have a session on the IRCHLB meeting. That Grower Day session will be part of the Citrus Institute this year. And so, again, our goal is to try to make it easier for growers to get the most out of their time when they come to our meetings. And so I really encourage folks to attend the Citrus Institute this year, as it will be a really information-packed meeting and of value to everybody who attends. That sounds great, Michael. I know that will get a lot more out for the HLB summary. Uh, you wanted to make some final comments on the upcoming programs for this year? Yeah, and so I just wrap up by saying that overall our goal is to get as much useful information on living with HLB in the hands of growers and doing this in a timely manner. Um, and again, we've got all of our communication efforts. We're trying to increase our efforts at communicating in different media outlets. But I do encourage folks to attend the, these programs we just talked about to stay up to date on what we're learning. Um, the information that's going to be presented, um, it, it'll help growers make informed decisions on how to best manage production in your specific situation. Again, every grove is different, and so it's hard to have a one-size-fits-all recipe. And so we just want to get as much information in the hands of growers to help them make informed decisions. And I'd also just encourage folks, if you ever have any questions or suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to your citrus extension agents, especially. Um, they're an important link between, between growers and the research community. And if you don't know your citrus extension agents, get to know them and, uh, and, and work with them. And they're there to help serve you as well. Excellent. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. This has been Ernie Neff. Over to Abby Taylor and Dr. Burns.
Thanks, Ernie. I have Dr. Jackie Burns, the Dean of Research for UFIFIS, on the line with me. She's actually retiring this month after decades working with the Florida agriculture industry. So, Dr. Burns, first off, tell us about your beginnings in Florida agriculture and how you made your way into ag research. Well, I started off uh, at, at, with some experience uh, with tomatoes. In fact, I worked for a tomato breeder, and we worked on Rhizoctonia fruit rot. And later, uh, as I went and did my Ph.D. at Penn State, I worked on fruit ripening in tomato. Later, I went on to do a postdoc at the USDA, a postdoctoral scientist position at the USDA, where I worked on tomato fruit softening. So when I, this position became open to work on citrus at the University of Florida IFAS down at Lake Alfred, Florida, at the Citrus Research and Education Center, I jumped on this opportunity because I've always wanted to work uh, for the University of Florida, but I always wanted to stay uh, working on fruit. And indeed, this position was a post-harvest physiology position, a discipline I was trained in. So I just jumped at the position, and, and it, it was just everything I had imagined. Just wonderful. So you've been working with Citrus and Florida Ag for decades. So you've seen a number of challenges like freezes and Citrus canker and now HLB. So can you talk about one of the biggest challenges that you've seen over the years? Well, of course, the biggest challenge uh, research-wise and for the citrus industry uh, has been uh, citrus greening. Um, we have had challenges in the past that we have been able to bounce back from. And I say we, I mean the citrus industry and those of us doing research on citrus and serving the citrus industry. But by far, uh, HLB has been the biggest. We've seen the We've seen other challenges like freezes, for example, like canker and other diseases, um, labor challenges, and so forth. But by far, uh, Wong Long Bing or citrus greening has been the, the most devastating because right now we're still working on a cure for the disease and, and ways in which growers can remain productive while still trying to find that uh, ultimate cure for the disease. Great. So thinking back on your career, or maybe even recently, can you recall in one of your biggest accomplishments or fondest memories from your career? One of my biggest accomplishments and one of my fondest memories has been working with mechanical harvesting uh, in citrus and working on abscission. Uh, that's a process that we use to describe that natural way in which fruit and leaves are naturally shed from trees. We're trying to harness that to um, keep, again, keep the citrus industry in more of an uh, economic efficient status uh, by keeping uh, costs low, uh, labor costs low, and so forth. So mechanical harvesting was was really paramount. We worked with the industry uh, to try to marry an abscission compound, which had been discovered decades ago, uh, with the new mass harvesting machines uh, that were being developed. And it looked like it was going to be a really, a, truly a good answer for the industry to remain uh, economically efficient and uh, um, to to remain competitive internationally uh, to keep labor 
costs low. It looked like that we had really found the, the key to that. Um, but when HLB or Wang Long Bing Citrus Greening hit the scene, uh, that became the most important uh, issue to solve. And mechanical harvesting uh, just fell by the wayside because if we don't have a citrus a crop to harvest, then what good is a mechanical harvester? There were some other issues as well with mechanical harvesting uh, with a diseased tree that uh, maybe wasn't as compatible as we would have liked. Um, but by far, seeing the success of mechanical harvesting with the obsession agent for citrus is by far that's been. Uh, uh, the biggest opportunity and also one of my biggest success stories. Perfect. Well, before we wrap up, anything else you would like to add for our grower listeners before you make your debut into retirement? Citrus is just one piece of the puzzle for the University of Florida and and the needs of our industry statewide and, and nationally as well. Uh, IFAS is really well positioned to answer many questions uh, in collaboration with our growers and stakeholders. It's not only in citrus, but tomatoes and other, certainly other fruits and vegetables, our ornamental industries, um, our, our natural resources, uh, our water. Water is uh, becoming such an important issue uh, statewide uh, and our climate challenges and so forth. I think IFAS is really well positioned to help the industry solve these issues and remain productive. So I would say that our biggest challenge and our biggest opportunity is working with IFAS to make sure that, and working with our growers, to make sure that we are lockstep with one another and that we are very much uh, in tune to solving the issues that are going going to be important for us, not only now, but in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Burns, for being on this month's podcast and congratulations on your retirement. No problem. And good luck to you, Abby. Now on to Lori Herner with IFAS Extension. I am talking to Lori Herner, who is a citrus agent and the UF IFAS Extension Director in Highlands County. So, Ms. Herner, to start off, tell us what you're seeing in the field in Highlands County right now. The uh, the the field is uh, moving and growing. Um, it's coming out of the winter season. We hope to not have any more cold, cold weather. We've really gotten past that this year. We haven't had freezes or bad weather. Uh, fruits growing. We've been harvesting for a while. We started harvesting late this season, but we do see trucks up and down the road. Uh, the crop seems smaller in size, but it's a lot more... Um, in number than last year, and growers are just working hard to continue to grow their Valencia oranges at this point in time, and we see fruit on the trees. We think it's going to stay there. Um, we need a little bit of rain in our in Highlands County, our area of the state. Things are drying out, um, but we're going to have some cooler weather this weekend that can only help the oranges get sweeter and make that conversion so that we can have a top-notch product at the end of the year. So growers are out there working hard. Um, The early season fruit is pretty much over, and now they'll concentrate on their Valencias for um, the late season harvest. 
Great. Sounds like the Highlands County growers are definitely staying busy. So what's going on in Extension? Any upcoming events or updates on projects you guys have been working on? We, um, we're we working on putting together um, later in the, in the spring a citrus growers short course. That'll be a two or three night um, course where growers can come back and get a review on some basics. We're looking at the basics of uh, fertilizer. We're looking at the basics of um, soils and soil types and what that does for different crops and the correlation between the soils and the fertilizers and other things that we do to keep our tree health up. So we're excited about this short course. We haven't gotten the final agenda together and information out, but be looking for that in the next month or so. We'll bring people in from the university. Uh, We'll also have our local staff involved in presentations and uh, hopefully have a time. We're growers who have worked really hard and they've been concentrating extremely hard on greening and the greening issues can come back and get a little refresher on some of the basics of growing citrus because after all with the greening disease and the trees that are um, still alive and growing but have the disease we really have to go back to basics sometimes and see what we might need to tweak in our production program to help that tree out so that we can be successful. Yeah, I've I've heard from a lot of citrus agents in other counties that greening is still the biggest challenge they and their growers face as of yet. Would you echo those comments for your county as well? Most definitely. Most definitely. We really do have to come to a a point and a decision. Research is working hard and, and we've put a lot of money into the research program, but at some point we do have to make the decision in the field at the grower production level and at the higher levels of the industry that we've got to learn to live with this disease um, because we're not going to eradicate it. So uh, that's happened with other diseases in the past, and I think that's where growers are. They're having to make financial decisions about what to keep in their production program to keep them alive and well in the industry, and uh, definitely we're, we're needing to go back and look at everything we do and make sure we're supporting those trees that are damaged and will continue to be damaged um, and affected by the disease and help them stay in a life cycle long enough to produce a product that can help us stay in business. So if I'm not mistaken, your father is being inducted into the Citrus Hall of Fame. Is that correct? Yeah, the um, program will be held in March. Um, Yeah, it was uh, an honor and a surprise and a a privilege for our entire family uh, when he was notified that he'll be um, inducted into the Florida Citrus Hall of Fame. Perfect. Well, congratulations to him and to your family. That's a huge honor. Uh, Well, that's all I had for you, but anything else that you would like to add for our grower listeners? Well, you know, just to encourage everybody, um, Extension, the citrus agents, we don't have as many citrus agents as we used to, but we're a really tight team and we're working as hard as we can to bring um, education, research, and knowledge to the citrus growers of the state. And if there's things that the citrus growers or folks who work for them, if there's things that you need from us that you don't see or you haven't heard of, come to us. We want to be your connection. We want to be the ones that help you get what you need to stay in business. And certainly uh, the University of Florida Extension agents that specialize in citrus, we're here for you. So let us know if there's other things you need and we're here with you on the ride. Great. Well, thank you for being on this month's program. I really appreciate it. 
No problem at all. Um, anytime you need anything, Abby, give us a holler. We'll be glad to help any way we can. Up next, we'll wrap up the January podcast with Dr. Kano from the University of Florida's Indian River Research and Education Center. To start off, Dr. Kano, can you give us some background on you and your research? In the past, I have worked with potato diseases and other solanaceous plants like tomatoes. In general, um, I study genomics of both plant and pathogenic and microbes including uh, fungi and all my seeds. One of the main diseases I worked in the past was the potato lame-like pathogen, and well known as uh, Phytophthora infestans, the one that caused the Irish, Irish famine back in the 1900s. My studies contributed to finding genes in the, present in the pathogen, which are n- named effectors, these effector molecules are very important because they are recognized by resistant genes in the plant, which means effectors are markers in order to assess a potentially resistant traits in the plant. So what kind of diseases and pathogens do you work on in your lab? So currently, the Cano lab here in Fort Pierce, we study uh, various fungal diseases and we focus in three main pathogens, which are uh, coletotrichon species, these can cause various diseases. We have some species uh, which cause um, diseases in citrus uh, flowers and fruits. It's post-bloom fruit drop. We also work with a stem and rot disease caused by diplodia species and um, root rot disease. Uh, so uh, diseases on the roots by Phytophthora species, mainly Phytophthora parasitica. Right. So what's the approach that you employed to solve those diseases? Our lab is focusing on using pathogen effectors, pathogen genes as molecular markers in order to fetch as a long-term goal resistant genes in host and non-host plants. And how are we going to address this and how are we going to identify these um, pathogen effectors? We use is uh, bioinformatics. We we can identify effectors easily by looking at uh, sequence features. And how we we are going to address the resistant gene targets, we we use an approach based on protein-protein interactions assays, and where we overexpress a particular gene from the pathogen, and then we get a mix, and then we use um, um, a machine that will tell us which are the potential targets that are present in that in that sample. And again, by sequence comparisons, we can identify uh, the identity of the genes on the host and or non-host plants. So what exactly are effectors? So the general uh, concept of effector is any molecule that is secreted by a microbe and which actually has an, an effect on, on the host an effect at the cellular level or even a structural level. And one key feature is that they can be detected by sequence. And this feature is the one that we, that's why you can deploy bioinformatics to to find them. Effectors can modify also the plant behavior. They can alter plant proteins in, in order to achieve colonization. Um, effectors are also um, molecules that they can act inside a host cell, which are the more popular ones. It means they can be delivered right inside the uh, cellular, com- in cellular compartments like nucleus or other organelles, and they can alter the plant processes. But they can also be delivered um, in the 
in this um, cellular space outside. And these are called apoplastic effectors, and they can still activate um, or the, uh, activate plant proteins or degrade plant proteins that are used for defense. Um, finally, effectors can um, also be are related not only to microbes. They can effectors are produced by any um, any parasitic microorganisms. For example, a plant that parasitizes another plant that could be that couldn't cause for effectors. A nematode that parasitizes a plant, the nematodes can cause effectors. Uh, an insect or a bacteria that parasitizes a plant, those are also um, those organisms they can encode effectors. So it's a general a, a general um, concept of a protein that we that we can study and we can apply this for any pathogen and in, and in general any pathosystem. So other diseases, not only diseases on citrus, but diseases on strawberry, on tomato, or other major crops um, important for Florida economics, we can study. Perfect. So anything else you would like to add? Anything coming up for you? Anything you're working on? Finally, I wanted to mention that I have, I teach an undergrad course every spring semester at the University of Florida. This is a 100% online course. And in this course, I introduce to uh, undergrad students um, what are the major groups of pathogens um, uh, affecting uh, crop plants. And also, I'm trying to introduce the uh, concepts on, on these uh, pathogen effectors, on uh, potential uses of um, uh, to fetch resistant genes and to generate transgenic plants. If anybody's interested, please feel free to contact me. And, uh, my details will be, um, uh, can be sent directly if somebody sent me an email. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dr. Kano, for helping us wrap up the January podcast. Thank you. I'm Abby Taylor. Be sure to tune in next month for all new content and researcher interviews. Thanks for listening to this month's All In for Citrus podcast from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.